Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast, brought to you by HarperCollins Publishers. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love It's Lainey from the Library Love Fest marketing team. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a special guest. We have Jean Marie Kelly, who's the affiliate publisher for HarperCollins 360. And we are just so excited you're here. Thank you, Lainey. I'm very excited to talk to you and your listeners. <laughs> so we had some librarians ask us for a different, uh, I guess, a grander overview of different imprints we have because it can get confusing. Mm-hmm. If they're just like, I can barely keep up with the publisher, the main one. So we thought we'd start with Harper 360. Do you want to give us an overview? Sure. We're a good one to start with because I'll admit we're a little weird. Um, We're we're basically like the global, uh, the English language global publishing arm for HarperCollins, um, which basically means that we're bringing books in from our sister companies in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and India that haven't come into HarperCollins through other ways, through the regular imprints like Echo and William Morrow and regular Harper, etc. So what we're doing is we're opening doors for a lot of our authors internationally to come into the U.S. marketplace. We end up publishing like a lot of books, and many of them are just to be available online or you know to get at your local book uh, at your local library as well. But we do pick books every season that we just think are kind of a little extra special. They've got more opportunity. We want to make sure that the world knows about them. Yeah, I think of a good example is like Murder in the Graveyard. It just finished. Yes, and so you have the podcast. It's yeah. so it it's a podcast after the book, but the book came in the UK. Out in the UK exactly, first, right? Exactly. And so now, if you're listening to the podcast in the US, now you can read the book. Exactly. So the podcast is available everywhere, and people were getting interested in that. And because there really wasn't enough time to kind of publish the book through a regular imprint here at Harper 360, we can bring in the books from the UK and do it super fast and get the readers who are who love the podcast to buy the book. Right. And side note, Murder in the Graveyard, <laughs> if you want to tell them a little bit about that one. I know I sprung it on you, but... No, it's quite right. It, it's, it was this very like wild true crime story from the 70s when this kid uh, was accused of killing a woman in broad daylight in a cemetery in a small town in England. And he was, you know, he was a little bit slow, and he ends up confessing on the spot, and then they stopped looking for anybody, and he, he just didn't do it, you know? And so there was this one reporter who spent, a, like, 25 years working on this case and eventually got the, the kid, well, he ends up being adult by the end, released. And so it's it's one of these great true crime things where you just sort of follow the story along as the reporter uh, sort of tells it, so. It's wild. It is pretty wild. <laughs> it, I really liked it. Okay, so that's a great overview, and I think they'll be really interested to know that that's what it does, because sometimes they see the imprint, and they're like, what does this imprint do exactly. specifically? Not that they're always a specific word or whatever, but 
This was great. So you brought some books that I gonna, are coming did. soon. I did. Do you want to tell us about a few? I do. I know you were talking about winter 2020 titles, but do you mind if I just sneak in one from the oh, late okay. fall? Okay, fine oh, for right. you. Nice. <laughs> no, yay! <laughs> so there's there's this book coming out in November, November 5th. It's called Book of Colors, and it's by um, Robin Cadwallader. She wrote a book called The Anchoress. Um, I want to say it was in 2016 or 2017. Anyway, really great reviews from the New York Times Book Review, um, Geraldine Brooks, Elizabeth Gilbert, all uh, both blurbed it, and um, Booklist gave it a starred review as well. Um, and so this is her next book. And she's Australian, so that's hence why I'm bringing it in through Harper Australia. Um, book of Colors, and I just, I fell in love with this book. And it's the story of a, um, a, a shop in 14th century London, and basically what they do is they make, uh, they illuminate manuscripts. Um, it was such an art back then. Um, and there's a, a woman who um, tries to get them to, to make a book for her, having a book of colors, as they call it, kind of shows that um, you've got status in the world. So she goes into this shop and there's, um, they're called limners, and there's three limners who are working on the book and one of them is the wife of the owner of the shop. And she has to pretend like she's not a limner because she's a woman in the 14th century. And so one of the things I love about this book is how cool they paint her and the way they to talk about the the woman who ends up commissioning this book. You know, there's sort of this subtext of badass women uh, can I say badass on the podcast? Sure. Okay. There's a subtext about badass women in the 14th century, and I'm just, I was just loving it. And plus, it's just beautifully, you know, poetically written and great descriptions of these illuminated manuscripts. And there's a, you know, there's a little mystery because there's this one guy in there who's very, you know, we don't know much about him. He's very enigmatic and. Um, anyway, I just think it's beautiful, and she's got a great pedigree. It's like literary pedigree meets historical fiction that we all love. So I think a big trend is people love books about books. Yes. And so what is the because they're illuminating these manuscripts. So what does the book do within the greater story, I guess? Yeah, so it is a, it's a book of prayers. And um, what they end up doing is they're, the limner illuminates the story. And they're, it, it becomes like such an art form for how the... Um, how the the person who's doing the artwork on it is you know is is illuminating these stories from the Bible these prayers and it just the book itself becomes something that a family of status puts in their house and then because they are can afford to right. commission this book then they're obviously doing well in life right wow okay that was fall. Yeah. Wait, what was the pub date for that November one? 5th. November 5th. And we've got some galleys if you want to get in touch with Lainey and, and, and yeah. get one. <laughs> um, so then I want to talk a little bit about two historical um, World War II novels that we have. World War II, super hot right now. I mean, it's been for a while, and it just doesn't seem to be you know going anywhere. I think um, library patrons are probably looking for you know every any book they can get their hand on. So I've got two that I really love. Um, the first one is called The Second Midnight. It's by Andrew Taylor. Andrew Taylor is really well known. Um, he's been compared to Hilary Mantel in the UK. Great historical fiction uh, novelist with a thriller kind of crime ang angle normally. This one's a little bit different. And his last two series were both, um, one was in the, the 18th century and one was in 
the 14th century. So this one is actually the 20th century, uh, and it's World War II, and it's a standalone, so it's not a series. So I think it's a great entree into Andrew Taylor, and I'd love to find more fans for Andrew Taylor. This book was fantastic. Um, it's kind of more all the light we cannot see rather than like an Alice network. Mm. A little bit more, just a tinge more literary, but... Um, but still a really thrilling, compelling story. So basically, it's this guy in London who is a salesman, and he gets pulled in by the British Intelligence Service to uh, to do a small mission on his next business trip to Czechoslovakia. This is 1939. War hasn't really started yet. And he's, like, excited, and he ends up bringing his small, his 11-year-old son with him to uh, to be a cover, basically. Now, who's going to ask if that he's doing something wrong with his son? They end up in Czechoslovakia in 1939, just about as the um, the Nazis are taking over Czechoslovakia. Gets caught up in this. They end up like he ends up having to trade his son to the Czechos the Czech resistance in order to get himself out. The son ends up just stuck there, and he ends up in the home of a of a Nazi um, colonel. And while he ends up having this decent life with him, the, his son's suspicious of, suspicious of him. As he grows older, he kind of falls for the colonel's daughter. Um, and it's all about trying to get out. And, and then the novel kind of keeps going forward, and you sort of see them after the war, and how these two families, um, I, I won't give away too much, but there's a, a murder in the middle of it. And so the, the, the young boy ends up being part of that and then the two families come together after the war when you know in in 1950s london just trying to like sort through who murdered who and get back at who and it, it's just a really interesting compelling story just written really wonderfully wow so you know i said books about books are really popular but also world war ii that'd I be know, the next one yeah so what makes this different than a lot of other world war ii fiction, historical fiction books? I think it's because it's a little bit less on the romance side. There's okay. a sweet little romance in there, actually. I don't want to sort of, uh, like, lead you astray. But it's more about the story of the boy with his father and, and then having this second father in his life mm -hmm. um, and how he adjusts. You're, you're really in his head a lot, and he's adjusting to life in this new place. He's got to kind of pretend that he's not British because he actually speaks fluent Czech. Um, so he's able, I know, so he's able to kind of, he has to pretend that he's Czech so they don't know he's British. It's this whole thing. And him just trying to adapt and the father ends up, the father's kind of a jerk. The colonel ends up being kind of a nicer guy than the dad ever was. Um, so I just find it like a little bit more on the literary side. It definitely feels to me the way I felt about reading All the Light You Cannot See. It's like much more internalized how people are dealing with war and stuff versus yeah. kind of that just you know uh, you know a thriller kind of aspect to it right where you like see an outsider's view and like oh that would never happen exactly. or i wouldn't get wrapped up in that but this boy does know exactly. the british culture and so that is interesting and it's also you don't see many world war ii novels set in czechoslovakia that's also true. you know there it's usually yeah. paris or france or or, or germany right. this i thought was an interesting side of this and you get to learn a little bit more about the czech experience in the in the war wow cool so that is uh, January, correct? Yes, January 28th, um, the second midnight. And yes, and then I have one more, which is The Orphan Thief, which is on sale January 28th. Um, the Orphan Thief is the follow-up novel from uh, a woman called Glynis Peters, who has a book out right now called The Secret Orphan. So a little orphan crazy <laughs> here. But that is kind of your more traditional, romantic, World War II set novel. 
um, a woman who and and it's been doing really really well for us um, we're, it's selling like hotcakes both in print and in ebook um, and so this is the second one so I kind of want to make sure librarians know about it and kind of can get involved in this because the first book I think came out of nowhere so uh, you know we have her new books in January 28th as well we want you to know about it this one's about um, a woman whose entire family gets blown up in the Blitz in Coventry and she ends up like just trying to she finds this young orphan and she ends up kind of trying to decide she's going to live and she's going to build a new world with this little boy and he ends up he's got a sort of soldier friend who's a canadian soldier friend and so she ends up kind of wor working into a romance with him and whether she can trust that her life's going to be good again in with you know the world falling apart around you so it's beautifully done the the reviews from readers on secret orphan are just spectacular it's like hard to believe and i think this book is going to be just as good oh nice so we've had books and literary we've had historical fiction what's yeah. next uh so i want to talk about happy fat um this is called this is called happy fat and the subtitle is taking up space in a world that wants to shrink you and it's by a woman called Sophie Hagen. She's Danish, but she's been living in the UK for a long time. Um, <clears throat> she's a comedian, and she's quite, you know, she's overweight. She's not quite overweight. She's just regular overweight, and just how she's dealt in the world. And she's come to terms with the fact, she's actually come to love her body. And that's kind of her first statement is, I love my body, and it's taken me so long to be able to say that. And she just kind of takes us through like her experiences, it's kind of part memoir, part social commentary about how she got there. I mean, I have a weight problem and I think, oh, wouldn't, I wish I could just say, I love my body and I just can't yet. And so I'm really, I think a lot of people feel that way and I think they're gonna be intrigued to see her. You should um, go to YouTube and just put her name in, Sophie Hagen. Uh, she has this wonderful piece, uh, TED Talk. I just listened to it. it it's so good. So you, good. You just connect with her so well. Yeah. She just feels wonderful, but she's also a comedian, so she's quite funny. Um, she just wrapped up, um, I think it was two weeks at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and um, you got grave reviews for that, and so we're about to find out, because we were letting her just do that thing, we're about to find out if she's gonna come to the US, and I hope she does. Awesome. The idea was that she would do a comedy tour, mm. and then we could tie in some, some book stuff as well. I will tell you too that we got a great quote from Julie Murphy, um, our Dumplin' author. It says, this book is a revelation. Sophie is frank, exacting, and riotous. You need this book. Your mom needs this book. Your best friend needs this book. Your pet raccoon needs this book. <laughs> Everyone needs a dose of happy fat. And then Lena Dunham also uh, gave us a blurb. This book is for anyone who has ever felt out of place in the world. Sophie Hagen is who we don't deserve, but we all need. So uh, there couldn't, get better, couldn't get better um, sponsors uh, for this book. Than Side note, two. if you haven't seen Dumplin', you have to go watch <laughs> Dumplin', everybody. I have to do it. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix. and it's our, um, our on the children's side here at Harper, yes. the book. Um, and they have Puddin', which is oh, the second one. No. Oh, so cute. That's very off topic, but That's it's great. That's quite all right. Yeah. But she, those are really great quotes and great people. I love the TED Talk. I thought it was... I thought it was great because it wasn't just like, this is what you should think. It was more of a, like, practical things you right. could do to, like, get rid of this negativity right. in your everyday life. Right. But I think with the popularity of, like, Jamila Jamil and, exactly. um, like, Lizzo, like, all these people who are doing body positivity, like, exactly. everyone's looking for something else. And exactly. And, and to get that message with such a dose of humor and um, just, I can't wait to meet her, I have to say that. So. And she has a couple of podcasts, correct? She does. 
Okay, so she has a couple podcasts. Uh, one is called um, Native Human Podcast, and the other one is called uh, The Guilty Feminist. So cool. check those out. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> What's next? What's now next? for something completely different. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if you saw the news. This is uh, whatever date today is. I can't even remember. But today, uh, Greta Thunberg came into New York Harbor on this sailboat, a, a carbon footprint-less sailboat. She's going to address the United Nations. Uh, she's an autistic Swedish teen- teenager who is setting the world on fire. People, you know, she's, she's a great orator. So she's going to address the United Nations Climate um, Summit at the end of September. She's just come in. She spent two weeks getting her because she didn't want to take an airplane and put a carbon footprint on. Um, at the same time as this is happening, we've, uh, there's an Icelandic glacier that they just, you know, did a big ceremony because they're officially declaring it dead. This summer, we also learned that Greenland, um, you know, has lost so much of its glaciers and so much water is pull- pouring into the oceans. The time, obviously, of course, is right for this. So Letters to the Earth is kind of a creative solution to sort of how this all happened. Uh, and, and what you can sort of do to respond to this. Um, it's, uh, it's called Letters to the Earth, Writing to a Planet in Crisis. Um, and this is a collection of letters written by celebrities and regular people, scientists and artists, and young and old alike. And the project kind of began as a creative way to help people process what climate change uh, is meaning to them. It received a huge reception and lots of people wrote in letters and now they're compiling these letters into a book. Um, it's going to be beautifully illustrated, um, and Emma Thompson is writing the introduction. Yoko Ono has a letter in there. Uh, Mark Rylance, the great um, stage actor, um, has a letter in there. There's a few other people, and just regular people are in there as well. And we're going to publish this on April 7th, 2020, tying into what's going to be the 50th anniversary of the creation of Earth Day. Um, and all the royalties are going to go to aiding um, campaign, creative campaigning for environmental justice. So it's a good cause. It's a fabulous book. Um, and I just wanted to make sure everyone knew about it. What would you say to people who are like, oh, that's negative, and I don't want to feel sad? Do you feel uplifted when you read it? No, you absolutely do, because it is very much about how people are trying to live their lives and process what's going on around them while still being alive and and trying to find creative solutions. So, uh, yeah, I think it's all positive. Yeah, at least someone's working towards the better goal. No, exactly. And I think, you know, you can look at this from lots of different angles, a scientific angle, a political angle. And this is kind of like, like a way to sort of just sit inside your own creativity and think, what would I say to the earth if as it's falling apart and yeah. in your own head kind of processing that and starting to feel better about it yourself, or at least figuring out how you feel about it and what you can do about it. And, you know, the more we're engaged, the better. Right. More humanistic. Exactly. Awesome. Is that all? Those were all my, oh, all my books. We could go on forever. No, I know. I know. Those are really great. If you could um, just give maybe like a list and pub dates again, just what you talked about. Sure. Absolutely. So Book of Colors, that's Robin Cadwallader. Um, and that's a novel, and it's on sale um, November 5th uh, of 2019. Then we went into The Second Midnight, um, which is on sale, um, this is World War II, on sale January 28th, 2020. Then I talked about The Orphan Thief by Glynis Peters, another World War II novel. That's also on sale January 28th. 
Then we talked about happy fat, taking up space in a world that wants to shrink you. And that is Sophie Hagen. And on sale January 7th, uh, we're kind of making that a sort of anti-New Year, New You <laughs> kind of appeal. And then finally, we talked about Letters to the Earth, which is going to go on sale on April 7th, uh, 2020, tying into the fifth anniversary of the creation of Earth Day. That's awesome. Okay, I have a couple questions about 316 in general sure. before we go. Okay. I wanted to ask about different trends because I know in publishing we say like oh they're you know orphan in the title is a trend but what are trends that you're seeing across the across the world I guess yes no that's it's a good question I think what I think was interesting about we work mostly with our UK um, uh, our UK affiliate they probably are about 80% of what we do and so I spend a lot of time talking to them they are their World War Two and is is so they're doing so much World War Two and they're doing it so well and I I think maybe because they they lived it you know they're if authors today probably heard stories from their parents or grandparents about World War Two they're telling really interesting stories so I like that they also think the psychological thrillers coming out of the UK mm-hmm. are really good even you know you know we're not talking about sort of hoity-toity psychological thrillers and uh, hoity-toity is the wrong word but Gillian Flynn you know the big names I'm talking about like just sort of like quiet debuts of psychological thrillers it just they're just finding great stuff and I just think they're twisted in such a way that they're just better at it than <laughs> than, than we are so that's been really cool yeah so oh that's awesome I'm I'm always just intrigued by like what's working not only in the U.S. but like what are we pulling over? What do we like? Um, yeah, I'm always interested too, like different covers, which I don't know if it happens as much for 360. But Ooh, yes. I think uh, really, do you want to talk about covers? No, it's it's oh. it's true. Actually, that is the funniest thing I experience at 360. The UK will send us a cover, and they'll be like, "This is the best cover we've ever <laughs> seen in our whole life." And I will look at it, and I will be like, "No, that is not a cover." The American reader is going to enjoy so different and it's it's astonishing you know the old adage about when two people divided by a common language it's it's kind of like so same but so different um mm. so and and we don't often have the luxury of being able to put a new cover on something because you know we're, we're usually bringing in smaller numbers but sometimes we do and um you know when we when we're really buying something we'll try and find a cover that will make uh, American readers stop and take notice. So right. it, it's it's amazing <laughs> the difference. <laughs> That's really interesting. I thank you for sitting down and answering my questions. Thank you for asking the questions. Yes. So I hope everyone checks out all of the books we talked about and even more books from HarperCollins 360. And a very special thank you to Jean Marie. Oh, thank you very much. Bye, guys.